0: This is Lisa Miller & Associates' Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. It seems that not a week goes by without us hearing of another tragic shooting event in the United States. The latest was this awful mass shooting in late October at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania where a gunman killed 11 people and injured six. Those within schools and universities often get the most press attention, but businesses, places of worship, and government buildings have all been targets in recent years. If you feel like these shootings are becoming more and more common, you would be right. Data from the FBI show the average number of active shooter events in the U.S. has doubled over the past eight years compared with the previous eight years. There were 30 such events in 2017, more than any other year since 2000. In Florida, we need no reminding of these atrocities. In February, an attacker killed 14 students and three staff members and injured 17 others at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County. In later months, shootings occurred in two high school football games in our state, leaving two dead and four other people with injuries. And finally, in August, a video game tournament in Jacksonville, was the site of a shooting that led to three deaths and 11 injuries. The list just seems to go on and on. While lawmakers in Tallahassee and Washington grapple with how to confront this problem, we should ask ourselves just what is available in the insurance market to protect individuals and businesses. In a previous edition of our Florida Insurance Roundup, we spoke with Robin Wilkinson of AIR Worldwide about how insurers and reinsurance companies can model potential aggregate liability losses arising from shootings across a portfolio. We now turn to some of the insurance coverages available to policyholders that are specifically designed to react to these events. Joining us on today's podcast is Peter Bransden, an underwriter for Aspen Insurance, Peter leads Aspen's crisis management team in Miami, whose product suite includes terrorism, kidnap and ransom, and product contamination. He's also the only underwriter in Florida who specializes in what is called active assailant insurance. Peter, welcome to the Florida Insurance Roundup.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so really pleased to be here.
0: Absolutely. And tell us about Aspen. I know they've been in the market quite a while, but what's a little background?
1: Aspen is a specialty insurer and reinsurer, and our niche is to really find emerging threats and create um, specialty insurance products to, to face them. I think our crisis management team exemplifies this, and to give you just one example, uh, we took a pioneering role in responding to the Somali piracy crisis, and we're still a leader in that market.
0: What an amazing company, and I think their passion and dedication in this particular niche speaks for itself. Um, Would you tell me about this active assailant insurance product, and what is an active assailant, and how is it different from what we commonly hear called an active shooter?
1: Well, active assailant insurance has been designed to protect policyholders against a wider range of attacks involving a weapon. It's often referred to as active shooter insurance, but these events are by no means limited to firearms. We've seen vehicle ramming, such as the van attack in Manhattan last year, or knife attacks, such as the London Bridge attack uh, a year ago. Equally, suicide bombings around the world show how terrorism has evolved. And you can imagine there's a real demand by policyholders to be protected against these threats. So in active assailant insurance, the market has created a broad coverage, which we believe does just that.
0: So walk me through what the policy includes.
1: Most active assailant policies will include five main categories of cover. So let me go through them and I I arrange these in kind of increasing order of importance, I think. First is the property damage caused by these events. Clearly in shootings, this can be quite limited, but for instance, a, a suicide bomb or a vehicle attack can cause significant structural damage to a building. And this damage can close a business for an extended period of time, which of course can generate income losses. So there's a second head of cover, business interruption. Uh, besides being closed for repair, businesses can also be shut by the authorities while investigations go on. For hotels, department stores, you know, restaurants, bars, and manufacturing plants, These revenue losses can quickly get into the millions of dollars. In the case of the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, the business actually never recovered after the attack and remains closed. A policy may also allow for business interruption, even if the event happened at a neighboring business. Think of when the police shut down a whole block, and we call this denial of access coverage. There are even some carriers out there, ourselves included, who are working on a coverage that will cover loss of revenue even after a business has reopened following an attack. We call this loss of attraction. The third main section of the policy is legal liability and defence costs. Almost the next day after the Jacksonville video game tournament shooting in August this year, there were reports of lawsuits citing lax security, uh, and we see the same thing happening with most school shootings. Lisa, in your conversation with Robin at AIR, you mentioned that the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Safety Act, which sets the bar for school security and failure to comply with best practice, may open up schools for lawsuits yet further. It can seem quite strange to think that there may be liability arising on the part of a policyholder for events that may at first seem to be completely out of control. How can a hotel or restaurant be liable for a shooter entering? But remember, we're not only talking about breaches of reasonable security, but also having, for example, insufficient exit routes or a failure to respond correctly. Your listeners might remember the shooting in a cinema in Aurora, Colorado in 2012. The cinema defended itself successfully against the lawsuit But the legal fees have racked up to somewhere around $700,000. So this is really a serious issue.
0: I remember that shooting. It was tragic. And I remember that lawsuit. This is incredible coverage. I want to know what else it does. What other kinds of coverages does it offer?
1: Well, in addition to those, we have extra expenses uh, and this provides for a broad range of protection. Most policies will offer victim medical costs and, and funeral expenses and the broadest forms will also provide temporary staffing, security and temporary premises and even brand rehabilitation expenses. But what I think is really the key tenant of this product is the crisis management coverage. And this is the final aspect. By this, we mean 24-7 access that policyholders will have to a specialist team of active assailant response consultants to help guide them through this, frankly, awful and alien experience. In Aspen's case, we've partnered with World, uh, who are the world's largest privately owned security company. Guardworld not only has a specialist team comprised of ex-FBI active shooter response agents, but also has access to a nationwide network of professionals in fields such as media relations and family liaison services. So our policyholders get immediate access to Guard World via an emergency telephone number. And within 24 hours, these consultants will be on the ground at the site of event, assembling a crisis response team and providing really vital guidance.
0: Incredible coverage. And- I think to recap it, I see all the facets of what is needed surrounding an active assailant event, property damage, liability defense cost, any extra expenses. And like you said, the most differentiating coverage is the crisis management team that does more than just write a, a policy check or a claim check. It really is the entire suite of services after one of these events. Well done. Is there some type of um, traditional property or liability policies that are out there that might duplicate this coverage? What is already on the market?
1: Well, that's a really important point. And we're very conscious that, you know, policyholders don't have unlimited budgets and we don't want to be unnecessarily doubling up existing coverage. So, So let me address it. Most liability and property policies are actually silent on the question of shooting events. Um, on this point, uh, again, I thought your podcast of Robin A.I.R. was really interesting. My takeaway from that was that she said, you know, clearly insurance companies should be concerned with potentially huge liability exposures as a result of shootings. And in many cases that these haven't been included in how normal GL policies are rated for. And in some cases, uh, and this is really a result of 9-11, GL policies specifically exclude terrorist attacks. I personally expect these exclusions to get broader and more prevalent as shootings continue to unfortunately occur. And I fear that the tipping point, as is often the case with insurance, will be a court ruling. By that time, we'll have, on the one hand, uh, a policyholder facing the fallout from an active assailant attack, and on the other hand, an insurance company denying a claim. And ultimately, the losers uh, are the victims of that attack. So. Active assailant policies give policyholders peace of mind that when it comes to claiming there is no ambiguity. This is generally a primary coverage and the intention here is that the product should be the policyholders first port of call for losses. But to be clear, the key difference between what we are offering and what the general liability market offers is that we provide a range of expense coverages that the policyholder can draw upon immediately be it medical costs for victims, funeral expenses, or a well-managed median for that family liaison response. Often policyholders just won't have the resources, time, or skills to put these into action themselves. And that's where we add real value.
0: That is wonderful news. And I'm assuming uh, that there's interest all over the world, but what are you seeing in Florida in terms of those that are expressing interest in either purchasing this or working with you through the agency network?
1: Sure. Well, Florida has actually been the state where we have seen the most interest. And unfortunately, I think this follows the trend of Florida being one of the highest risk states for these events. Hospitality, healthcare, and education are probably the industries where we see the most interest, from single bars and restaurants in Miami to resorts in Orlando, small private schools to some of the state's largest public universities. Nursing homes and hospitals were some of the earliest adopters of the coverage, but really any organization has an exposure. And therefore, we've seen some inquiries from some places that, frankly, I wasn't expecting. Condo associations, golf and country clubs, for example.
0: So any really organization that has exposure is the perfect customer for you. What are you doing to incentivize organizations to mitigate or deflect the risk of an active assailant event?
1: Well, that's such an important aspect of this. We will provide significant discounts to policyholders that can demonstrate that they have taken steps to mitigate this risk. And that can be anything from installing cameras to carrying out new higher screenings, and even in some cases monitoring social media. But often policyholders don't necessarily know what they should be doing, and that's okay. We will put our clients in contact with Gardaworld right from the beginning so that they can take advice from experienced professionals on what risk mitigation techniques will be most effective. We even provide further reimbursement credits to pay for things like online active shooter training courses, all the way to on-site two-day surveys and tabletop simulation exercises.
0: That is exactly what I think needs to be done is that hands-on leadership and helping people protect themselves from these types of events. In closing, I'm just curious what policyholders or their agents should do to to receive a quote and how should they look at the market to see what's best for them in terms of choosing an insurance carrier or getting access to this coverage. Can you give us some advice?
1: Sure. Well, the number of carriers offering this is is still fairly limited. We imagine more will come onto the scene shortly. I think the most important thing and my biggest advice to policyholders is that they should really, when picking a carrier, ensure that their response partners are experienced uh, and that they're robust enough to be able to guarantee that they will be available in person on the door quickly at the time of need. Policyholders can uh, can ask their broker to contact me or any one of my team. We're always really delighted to help and, and pride ourselves on our quick response times.
0: You have been an incredible guest today, Peter, and this coverage is very, very important to so many organizations that have exposure. And to know that it's available, we're pleased to help you spread the word. I'm going to close with thanking you, Peter, for taking the time, you know, giving us your ideas and raising the awareness of this product. I know being in the Miami Aspen office, you give a lot of thought to what types of things you can do to help make people feel safer and covered for these types of events. So thank you again for being with us. And on our show notes page, um, we'll leave a lot of great information about how people can contact you and access this product. So thanks again, Peter. Thank you very much for having me on. As the world becomes more complex, we have to adapt the products and services we offer to fit customers' changing needs, scenario-based modeling for casualty events, and the practical insurance products that results such as this active assailant insurance policy are good examples of innovation in insurance. While no one's got a crystal ball and we cannot predict human behavior that's reflected in these horrible tragedies, technology and actuarial science are improving how we quantify that risk and price it accordingly. It's all about helping people and their organizations and companies become whole again in the event of the unimaginable. We would love to hear from you. You can call us and leave your comment or question for our later reply on air right here on the Florida Insurance Roundup by calling 850-388-8002. Again, our calling number is 850-388-8002 or drop us an email at lisa miller at lisa com. That's it for the Florida Insurance Roundup. Thank you for being a part of it. Remember, at Lisa Miller & Associates, we have a passion for policy and client success. I'm Lisa Miller. Until next time, be safe. This has been Lisa Miller & Associates' Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.